Good morning, Gold Rush. Americans April Ross and Alex Kleinman serve it up in beach volleyball. Well, the A team with an A-plus performance. And join us live, plus unexpected gold for Team USA in pole vaulting. And the U.S. women's basketball and volleyball teams head for their gold medal games. Out of bounds, and the United States will play for gold. Just ahead, the spotlight shining again on Allison Felix, the legendary track star in her fifth Olympics. We'll bring you her event live from Olympic Stadium as the games head into the final weekend. Back to school with COVID cases surging, health officials sound the alarm about the return to the classroom, triggering even more outbreaks. The question is how many and how big will they get? Clashes between officials and parents now erupting from coast to coast. And major companies like Amazon pump the brakes on workers returning to the office. The very latest straight ahead. Destroyed by Dixie, a historic California town leveled by one of the most destructive wildfires in the state's history, and it's still spreading. This morning, the desperate fight to control the flames and the agonizing wait for evacuees who have no idea what they'll return to. It's either standing or it's a pile of ash. A live report from the front lines just ahead. Those stories plus heroes welcome. The gymnasts of Team USA return home to big cheers after their visit with us. One of many unforgettable moments we've shared with members of Team USA. Hey. Oh my God. Oh God, you just made my, you just made my night. Michael Phelps over here. <laughs> Jordan, what do you think? My mom's gonna kill me. Oh, oh. We'll look back at some of our favorites today, Friday, August 6th, 2021. Olympic gold. Fanny Najat wins the third U.S. gold in women's pole vault. From NBC News, this is a special edition of Today at the Olympic Games with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Rockefeller Plaza. They did it. What a match. We're look at them. Live. Hi, ladies. Man, gold does look good on them. Plus, Craig, he sat down with the stars of the U.S. women's soccer team after they took home the bronze. Some calling this the end of an era. Coming up, what they're saying to us about all that. We're also covering two major stories here at home, of course, including the coronavirus. And here is a look at the rise in daily cases. The Delta variant now driving a major shift, and it is in the wrong direction. And in Northern California, the Dixie Fire continuing to grow after completely destroying the historic town of Greenville. We're going to have reports on both of those in just a moment. Well, let's begin with the action over in Tokyo. And for that, let's say good morning to Craig. Hey, Craig. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. SG, you called it a gold rush, and that's exactly what it's been in the closing days of these games. Team USA pouring it on. You mentioned April and Alex. 
cruising to gold in women's beach volleyball overnight. It was cool to be there to watch them do that. Their win, just one of many highlights for U.S. athletes. NBC's Tom Yamas over at Olympic Stadium for us once again this morning. Hey, Tom. Hey, Craig, we got some big races this morning just behind us here at track and field this morning. And then remember the name Katie Najat. She's an American pole vaulter. You're about to watch what she did here. She failed on her first two attempts and then nailed her last attempt, flying to the top of the medal stand. And how about our women's beach volleyball team? What a finish. It's into the net. That is it. Overnight, volleyball's A-team showing the world why they're queens of the beach. Americans April Ross and Alex Kleiman winning gold, sweeping Australia. The A team with an A-plus performance. With their families cheering back home, Ross and Kleinman doing it all. April Ross. Acer! Playing through sweltering conditions, Ross snagging her third career medal and first gold, while Kleinman's Olympic debut ends with the top prize. Ross and Kleinman say their gold medal match was by far the hottest. The sun was beating down on them and the sand was like fire. At one point they checked and the thermometer showed it was well past 120 degrees. But in the end, there was no stopping this dynamic duo. It's a big weekend on the court for USA basketball. The women's team back in the gold medal game after crushing Serbia overnight. Now just one win from their seventh consecutive gold while the men's squad prepares to face France tonight for their fourth gold in a row. The Bahamian is now in the lead. A sprint to the finish in the men's 400, Stephen Gardner becoming the first man from the Bahamas to win individual Olympic gold on the track. Team USA's Michael Norman devastated after missing out on a medal, unable to, to finish this post-race interview. You know, you dedicate. in women's pole vault. And is that the gold medal jump? Ohio native Katie Najat soaring to gold. The 30-year-old savoring the moment. Most people don't get to experience this. And after hanging out on our plaza yesterday, a group of star American gymnasts returning home to Heroes Welcomes. Simone Biles and Jordan Childs greeted by family and adoring fans after touching down in Texas. While Michaela Skinner's supporters were cheering in Arizona, back from Tokyo after representing our country with pride. We are so proud of all of them. And with that, let's take a look at the medal board right now. So Team USA is still on top with the most medals and doing really well. But when it comes to gold medals, China's still on top. But a Team USA is catching up, so that's the good news today. We also have an update just in. You may remember an athlete that Hoda profiled earlier in the week. His name is Jordan Window. He's a platform diver. He has an incredible story. He was adopted from a Cambodian orphanage. Him and his father overcame so much in their lives. We are happy to report this morning that Jordan has qualified for the semifinals in platform diving. We are going to be rooting him and Team USA on as they go for the gold. Craig, back to you. Yes, we are. Uh, Tom Yamas there. Tom, thank you so much. We're going to have much more from here in Tokyo throughout the morning. But tonight in primetime, you can catch the stars of the U.S. men's basketball team going for gold live against France. Coverage starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. 
Hoda, we'll send it back to you. All right, guys, and another shout-out to Jordan. So happy that he yes. made it. Let's see how he does. All right, guys, uh, let's turn now to the uh, coronavirus. The CDC now reporting cases have soared 43% in the last week alone. And with the new school year on the way, health officials are warning the fall and winter months could bring even more trouble. NBC's Carrie Sanders is in Florida. That's a state dealing with one of the country's biggest spikes. Hey, Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning, Hoda. Look, as hospitals are struggling to keep up, large-scale events like the Monster Jam with these big trucks will go forward this weekend. We're at the BB&T Center here in Sunrise. An estimated 27,000 fans will come to attend. Masks are not required, but they are encouraged. And, of course, health officials and the organizers recognize that large gatherings like this is how the coronavirus spreads. This morning, the highly contagious Delta variant is leaving much of the country battling a late summer spike. New cases and hospitalizations are exploding across the South. If Florida and Louisiana were countries and not states, they would be number one and two in the world for the incidence of COVID. The strength of the Delta variant surprising even Moderna President Dr. Stephen Hoag. We believe the best way to get safely through the winter is going to be with a booster dose. The CDC director warning of Delta's spread. Our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta, but what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Some major companies, Amazon, Wells Fargo and Microsoft, now delaying their plans for corporate employees to return to the office amid concerns over Delta. The Surgeon General and vaccine makers are hopeful that shots for those under 12 could be approved in the coming months, but not before kids return to the classroom. There is no question we're going to see outbreaks in schools with this Delta variant. The question is how many and how big will they get? In Florida, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis continues to defy CDC guidance for masking indoors. One school superintendent here is pleading with the governor for a mask mandate, writing in part, in the last 10 days alone, before school has even opened, four school-aged children in Leon County have been admitted to local hospitals. The issue has set off conflict between parents, officials, and other parents in multiple states, with anti-mask protesters taking over some school board meetings. All across the South, alarming outbreaks are wreaking havoc. In Mississippi, there are only six open ICU beds in the entire state. In Louisiana, 50 hospitals say they cannot care for all the patients coming in. In Austin, Texas, doctors are calling it the fourth wave. Officials are noting that vaccination rates in many areas are going up as fears of the variant grow, pleading with the public to protect themselves and others before it's too late. Most people know someone who's sick right now. How do you help families get that lesson without having to live through it themselves? In some southern states like Oklahoma, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, they're actually seeing an impact by the rising numbers. More people are now showing up to get vaccines. In fact, in the last two weeks in Tennessee, they've seen a 90% increase in people showing up to get their vaccines. And of course, all of this is happening as the Delta variant spreads and people are concerned of how that might impact kids who are about to go back to school. Yeah, it's on a lot of parents' minds. All right, Carrie Sanders. Carrie, thank you. Also this morning, state lawmakers here in New York are accelerating their push to impeach embattled Governor Andrew Cuomo after that damning report accusing him of sexually harassing 11 women. And now the governor 
has a new deadline to defend himself. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is in Albany with the latest on it. Gabe, good morning. Savannah, good morning. The State Assembly's Judiciary Committee says it's wrapping up its impeachment investigation. And the burning question in Albany right now, what's Cuomo's next move? This morning, Governor Cuomo is showing no signs of backing down. Longtime ally Jay Jacobs is the chairman of New York's Democratic Party, who says he spoke to Cuomo. I was very clear and direct with the governor. I thought that his uh, political position was untenable. He was very um, clear that he had felt that his side of the story had not been uh, fully aired, and he wanted to do that. But calls for the governor to resign are mounting, and the state assembly is moving swiftly to impeach him. After New York's attorney general this week alleged Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women, including a state trooper. Cuomo, who's denied any wrongdoing, has been holed up here inside the governor's executive mansion and hasn't spoken publicly since his pre-recorded statement was released Tuesday. And the facts are much different than what has been portrayed. The state assembly is now giving him until next Friday, a week from today, to provide any additional evidence to defend himself. A spokesman says the governor appreciates the opportunity and will be cooperating. Democratic Assembly member Phil Steck is on the Judiciary Committee, which plans to meet Monday. At this point, are there enough votes to impeach the governor? Yes. The impeachment inquiry covers not just the sexual harassment allegations, but also accusations that his administration undercounted the number of nursing home deaths early in the pandemic, as well as questions over whether he used state resources to help write a book. Cuomo has denied those allegations. If you had to say something to the governor right now, what would it be? I would say put the best interests of the people of the state of New York above yourself. That lawmaker says that Cuomo could be impeached by early September, but then the case would move to the state Senate in order to formally remove him from office. That process could drag on for months, which is why so many lawmakers here in Albany are urging the governor to resign now, Savannah. All right, Gabe Gutierrez, thank you very much. Now moving to California, where this morning one of the largest and most destructive wildfires in the state's history is growing. The Dixie Fire already wiping out an historic gold rush town in Northern California. As the flames spread, evaction orders are widening. NBC Steve Patterson joins us from really what's left of Greenville. Hey, Steve, good morning. Hoda, good morning. I have to tell you, it is eerie to be standing in what just hours ago used to be downtown Greenville. Officials here estimate about 75% of all the structures in town have burned to the ground, leaving residents to wonder if their home will still be standing. This morning, a historic small town burned off the map. Residents of Greenville, haunted by the thought of a home that stood proudly for generations, reduced to rubble in mere minutes. There were a couple of towers of flame twice as tall as the trees, just huge towers of flame. The Dixie Fire, the sixth largest in the state's history, causing powerful clouds of smoke that's affecting air quality as far as the Midwest and could continue to spread in Greenville, leaving nothing but the bones of homes and businesses in its wake. We lost Greenville tonight. It was scary. It was like, you know, one of those apocalyptic movies you see with fire and wind and people going everywhere. David Rudd has lived in Greenville for 50 years. He evacuated with a truck full of belongings and some precious cargo, his seven-week-old kittens. The bank, the hotel, um, buildings that have been there for over 100 years. 
Greenville, home to so many since the gold rush, now just smoke and ash. But despite the danger, some residents initially refused to leave. We have firefighters are getting guns pulled out on them uh, because people don't want to evacuate. The blaze has consumed more than 320,000 acres, the size of Los Angeles. There is no protection. It's, it's just going to sweep through there like a blowtorch. Yeah. Take them out. And not far away, the river fire is primed to burn an area that's been free of fires for a century, prompting a plea for people to be ready to evacuate at a moment's notice. Then we yeah. finally get allowed back in there, and, and look. it's either standing or it's a pile of ash. Yeah. That's when it'll hit us. Yeah. Setting the stakes for another tense and uncertain day against a relentless force. Pretty humbling. Mother Nature's nothing to mess with. Now, six of the last 10 largest wildfires in California history have burned over the course of the last year. Officials in this area say the brush is so dry that it only takes one spark to start a new one. Back to you, Hutter. All right, Steve Patterson. Steve, thank you. All right, Al, I know you got your eye on those fires out yeah, west. And in fact, most likely this will be, by the end of the day, a top five fire, uh, the way it's going right now. So we look at what's been happening, the potential for fire spread stretching from the northwest all the way into the western plains today. And so this is now the sixth largest fire in California's history. And in the last year, we've had six of the seven largest, but it's going to continue. And the smoke is getting caught up by the jet stream, and it's making its way even East, we're looking smoke as far east as Cincinnati, St. Louis, Chicago, Wichita, Minneapolis. Air quality going to be a real issue there uh, for the rest of the country. It's going to feel like summer here in the Northeast. Sunshine, higher humidity. Look for heavy rain down into Florida today. Showers making their way along with this cold front into the upper Midwest. Hot and sunny through the southwest. That's the big problem. We may see some heat-based thunderstorms, and those could trigger even more wildfires. That is your latest weather, guys. All right, I'll thank you just ahead. Team USA's A-team, the gold medal winners in beach volleyball. We're talking about April Ross and Alex Kleinman. They are going to celebrate with us. They dominated on that hot sand. Congrats, ladies. Yes, they did. Also ahead, what's next for the U.S. women's soccer team as they leave Tokyo with bronze medals? Our conversation with three of its biggest stars, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapino, and Alex Morgan. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back now at 7.30. It's a Friday morning, 
10.30 at nighttime in Tokyo. Guys, it's day 14 of the wow. Olympics as the it. world's best athletes head into the final weekend of competition. It's getting real good. It's getting real good, and the gold is just yeah, rolling in and is. rolling in. These performances and the personal stories have been so inspiring. Yeah. I'm so glad the athletes got their chance to shine. <laughs> We're not the only ones taking notice, by the way. President Biden enjoying the games as well. And this morning, we have an exclusive message from him to the members of Team USA. Take a look. You're made up of people of every background, from every part of the country. We are a people who dare to dream, who do hard things, and do extraordinary things. To all of you, thank you for showing what we can do together as one America, as one team. God bless you all. And I look forward to hosting all of you at the White House when you get home. Mm. Thank you. That'd be great. By the way, you can see President Biden's full message at today.com. Well, now to two of those star athletes making our country mm -hmm. so, so proud. Overnight, April Ross and Alex Kleinman turned in another dominating performance on their way to the very top in beach volleyball. The first American women to win gold since 2012. Okay, we're pumped because they are with us now live. April and Alex, you did it. You did it. You did it. Congratulations. Oh, the whole plaza is Our plaza for you. is. feels like to have that gold medal around your neck it's amazing I mean the field was so deep and we worked so hard to just have a chance at it and the fact that we were able to get it and stand on the podium and hear our national anthem it, <laughs> it feels so good I love your yeah, story I don't know if it's sunk in yet <laughs> I know it's just incredible I mean <laughs> Alex, you're new to this sport. That's what's just crazy. I mean, you were, you were an indoor volleyball player. You had to work so hard to really learn this whole new sport. And here you are years later with a gold medal around your neck. Yeah, I mean, it's just been like such a fairy tale and it feels like a dream that I'm gonna wake up from tomorrow, but I'm thrilled it's not. Um, it's been, you know, a crash course in volleyball. I'm so lucky to have been paired up with April and be on this journey with her and I'm so grateful and proud and um, thankful for everybody who's helped us along. Well, April, you are a force. Savannah and I went to see one of your matches. It was pouring rain and y'all played. <laughs> People go again. I mean, when you guys won the gold, they said that it, the feel-like temperature was like 120 <laughs> plus degrees. What was it like playing in the elements like that? Uh, we, I mean, it was really hot. I think today was the hottest day, and we um, played later, kind of in the middle of the day. So um, we just did everything we could. We have an amazing crew that gives us ice vests to cool down, you know, as we're going into the stadium during warm-up. We have ice buckets, slushies. Um, so it's just about managing it, and we trained uh, in Florida before this to get ready for it, and I feel like we um, handled it pretty well. Well, obviously, because you yeah. got the gold medal, but there's hot and then there's like surface of yeah. the sun, which is what it seems like. I mean, aren't your feet hot? Just the sand. They water, they water down the sand, so okay. it's okay on the court when we're actually playing. But yeah, the, I feel like the sand is actually not the worst part, but it's just the second set, it hit me. And today was definitely the hottest day. And we played in the middle of the day when we had been playing at 9 a.m. the other day. So it was brutal, but it was so worth it. April, you, you had um, a good luck charm with you, and really more than a good luck charm, you had someone who you know was watching over you as you were playing. You were having even conversations with her. Tell us a little bit about your mom. Yeah, um, I wear this necklace 
Uh, she gave it to me in high school, and she passed away when I was in college. Um, and I wear it for every Olympics, uh, only for special occasions. And yeah, I'm out there. I talked to her beforehand, and well, I'm out there and ask her to help me, um, you know, get things to maybe go our way. And I just feel like she's watching down and, and helping us every step of the way. So yeah, I have her with me. She must be so proud. Yeah. I mean, April, your story in particular, you had silver in London and then bronze in Rio, and now you have the whole set, one to match every <laughs> outfit. That's got to feel pretty darn good. Yeah, Alex said it best. We prefer gold jewelry, so we're very happy <laughs> with well, the gold. Speaking of gold jewelry, yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, you picked up a fan along uh -huh. the way. He's uh, known as Mr. T. Okay, he realized that you're known as the A-Team, April and Alex, and he started tweeting about you. Hey, fool, don't bother me now. I'm getting ready to watch the A-Team. And my personal favorite, one that says in part, I pity the competition. What do you guys think? Are you, are you psyched we, to have Mr. T on your team? So psyched. Mr. T is legendary. All his gold chains just felt like a good omen that he was, you know, watching us and, and keeping track. And... We feel like he blessed our team, you know. He was the original A team, and now we can fully be the A team. Well, you know who does a real good uh, Mr. T impression? Mr. Roker, who's right well, here. Oh, yeah. Come on, give it well, to us. Uh, I pity the fool. We were with, we were with you. We were watching in the rain. You guys were taking it all the way. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Ha. That was so good. And if you can find Great. us, we can hire the A team. Well, we, we are so proud of you guys. April and Alex, congratulations on your medals. You made your country proud. Thanks again. Thank, Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you soon. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Craig Orr. I hope you got hey. some. Hope you got some good snacks or something. Yeah. They earned it. Uh, they did. They did, and they, they have been. They have. You guys have been munching here. Yes, yes, we have. Since it's our last night, we're encouraging everyone to eat all the food here good. in the green room. Uh, when we come back here in Tokyo, did we just witness the end of a remarkable era for U.S. women's soccer? That's the question a lot of folks are asking. What the stars of Team USA are saying to us about their future after winning bronze here in Tokyo. We'll have that for you right after this. If you ever needed to be persuaded that bad things can happen anywhere, then take a journey with us. From compelling mysteries to in-depth investigations, our Dateline episodes are available as podcasts. Follow Dateline NBC now to get new episodes every Tuesday. To listen ad-free, subscribe to Dateline Premium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or DatelinePremium.com. Great storytelling with a twist from the true crime original. We're back 740 with some of the most recognizable stars of the Tokyo Olympics. That's right. We're talking about the U.S. women's soccer team. After being upset in the semifinal, they bounced back to win those bronze medals. And I got the chance to sit down with them this afternoon, the faces of that team, Carly Lloyd, Megan Rapino, and Alex Morgan. The expectation was coming in that you would win gold, you win bronze. Do you consider that a disappointment at all, or are you satisfied? We're pretty happy. Obviously, we wish we, yeah, are going away with gold, for sure. But I don't think we see that as a disappointment. So 
there's a little bit of both. Of course, we want to, you know, you come, you play the game, you want to win. You want to win every game, you want to win. I don't think we personally deserve to even win a gold medal the way we were playing. Really? To have played so well in the last third place match, to come away with the bronze, we earned that. And I think that's what really makes it super special. Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, and Carly Lloyd helped raise the profile of women's soccer, even using their platform to fight for equal pay for female athletes. Some say the spotlight has attracted stiffer competition. Is that a thought that's occurred to you at all? There's so many young girls who want to play and have gotten really good over the past 15 or 20 years that the rest of the world is finally just caught up. I mean, it starts with investment, you know, and, and equal opportunity. Um, and when you have those building blocks, then obviously it's you're going to have the rest of the world catching up with us. But um, but I think we're still we're still hanging out on top, you know. We still have that number one ranking. You know, you know what they're saying? They're saying this is this is the end of an era. Have you heard that? Oh gosh, sounds ominous. Yeah, who, who's <laughs> they? Yeah, we have been very successful for a long time but it's not like we just go out there and like you know kick back and just crush every like this is hard it's really hard at 39 Lloyd admits she's at the tail end of her playing career how many more games do you have in you I don't know that's the uh, million dollar question I think so I'm gonna go home and enjoy myself uh, for several days and you know just have a conversation with my husband he is definitely eagerly waiting for me to just switch off and not be as psychotic as I have been. <laughs> Carly, psychotic? No. No, no. not no. Any of us? No. No. There have also been questions about how much longer Rapino, who is 36, will play. Her fiance, Sue Bird, is a leader on the U.S. women's basketball team here in Tokyo and was a flag bearer at the opening ceremony. How will you decide whether, whether we just saw you play your, your, your last match? Oh, gosh. I'll sit outside uh, with Sue, and, and uh, we'll probably both be having a, a conversation similar. I feel like I want to keep playing as long as I can and as long as I can play the way that I want to. I've got a, a, a four-year-old daughter who, who plays soccer and enjoys this sport. Have you given thought to what you've done over the past decade or so, not just for women's soccer, but women's sports in America? Have you reflected on that? We have like this platform to do amazing things and we have this incredible like fan base and I think we're doing as much as we can in the sport um, and in the game, but I think it transcends like across, across sports and that's what's really great I think with this team. So uh, it, was, it was such an honor to sit down with the three of them and it really is hard to overstate just what they've done, not just for women's soccer, but, but, but sports in this country. 39-year-old Carly Lloyd, by the way, one of the reasons that she's considering stepping away, guys, she wants to start a family. Uh -huh. uh, she very much wants to start a family and uh, it's, it's kind of hard doing that uh, when you're playing soccer nine, 10 months out of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating conversation with those ladies. Yeah, cool. that's cool. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, let's get a check sure. of the forecast. Yes, Mr. Roca. That's right, well, so we're about a third of the way through uh, hurricane season, and the National Hurricane Center has updated their outlook. 15 to 21 uh, storms, named storms, seven to 10 hurricanes, major hurricanes, three to five. At the beginning of the season, you see they've upped it from 13 to 20, six to 10, still a number of major hurricanes. Why? Well, right now we've got warmer than average temperatures, climate change, 
being a big effect of that. The water temperatures provide more energy for the hurricanes. Plus, weaker winds because of a northern jet stream, that creates less jets, uh, less, less wind shear, so it doesn't tear up the storms. And a stormy African coast, the monsoon expecting to kick off more tropical waves. In fact, we've already got two now. An invest area off the coast of Africa, 60% chance of formation, 20% of this area around the Leeward Islands. And you can see the invest has a really great big development zone. We're also looking at this development zone near Puerto Rico over the next several days. So we'll be watching that as well. Rest of the country, we're looking at like a very summer-like day-to-day in the northeast on into the Ohio River Valley. Heavy rain down through northern Florida. Hot and sunny in the southwest, unfortunately. More showers and storms out west. And those windy conditions may fan those wildfires out there. And that's your latest weather. Still ahead, guys, music superstar Ed Sheeran. What he's saying to us about becoming a dad and the impact on his life and music. Plus, he's got a big announcement to share just with us. But first, these messages. Coming right up, our conversation with legendary sprinter Allison Felix ahead of her final individual Olympic Ooh. race this morning, which we're going to carry live. Ooh. What she told us about her taking her shot at history and how becoming a mom has really shifted her priorities. We're going to watch her in action because we're going to bring you that 400-meter final live. Woo!